hi, welcome to another episode of Managing Well. I'm your host, Tanya Ladipo, and I'm excited to continue our four-part series on relationships at work with Elizabeth Byrne. Welcome, Elizabeth, again. Thanks. Yes. So today we're going to be talking about rupture and repair in, in relationships. But before we do that, just want to do a kind of quick recap of what we talked about in the first two parts, which is setting the foundation for relationships. Um, and then also what happens when conflict happens, which is inevitable <laughs> at work. And so I think just some of the key takeaways, and Elizabeth, feel free to chime in, um, about the importance of how do you set um, strong relationships at work and what exactly do you need to do to know people on your team, to respond to people on your team? Um, and kind of we talked also about how the way we are in relationships outside of work really influences mm -hmm. how we are at work. Is there anything you want to build on? Just also the importance of checking in, you know, like even if things are going well to make space to not just ride that out, um, but to be intentional, to maintain that intentional approach. I like, yes, I, I'm glad you said that, right? Because when we're talking about setting a foundation, you think, oh, it's the beginning of a relationship, but reestablishing the foundation, checking in on existing relationships. Um, and, and kind of the best way to do that from a management perspective is definitely what we talked about in the first part. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> the second part, uh, what, how do we manage conflicts in the workplace? Mm -hmm. uh, go ahead. Staying in the conversation, not, you know, I mean, we talked a lot about anticipating it, accepting that conflict is going to happen. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's just a natural way that people relate to each other. Um, when needs are different and building that confidence and, and um, I guess just comfort for lack of a better word with, with having difficult conversations, recognizing that it's, it's not as, it's not always as big as it might seem realizing what's getting activated within us. You know, we talked about the iceberg kind of image mm. of what is underneath the surface, you know, for us in those moments and taking care of that so that we can just address the conflict at hand. Yes, which you're reminding me. So if people haven't had a chance to listen to um, the first two um, episodes of this series, go back and take a listen um, because really paying attention to, like you were saying, Elizabeth, what is going on for us internally as people managers and as people that is being activated that we are bringing into the workplace? And then what skills do we need to manage that so that we're being more effective mm -hmm. uh, and, and leading our team and ourselves, right? And, and for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So today, as we're talking about, you know, kind of continuing the conversation, um, really wanting to spend some time talking about ruptures in relationships. So we talked about the conflict. Um, and so what kind of conflict, like if there's a, an incident, a, a situation, um, but I think rupture, and I want to hear your thoughts about this, Elizabeth, rupture is kind of the, the break in a relationship that happens, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, the the disconnection of trust, you know, or, or disconnection in the relationship that also impacts trust. Yes. And when we say trust, the way I'm thinking of trust, um, I was going to say, especially in the workplace, but maybe this is what I, what I think of trust, um, is 
is knowing that you'll do what you say you're going to do, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing that I can count on you, that I can rely on you. Mm-hmm. Um, would you add anything? Absolutely. I think, you know, um, can I count on what you say? You know, will you follow through? And also, um, there's something I think too around like the consistency of how you treat me. Can I trust how you're going to treat me, you know, or does that fluctuate based on your mood or your stress Mm -hmm. level or what's going on with your supervisors, you know, that type of thing, like, or, or is it that regardless of what's going on, there's a certain level of consistency in how we're going to relate to each other. I'm settling into um I'm settling into what you were just saying when I'm thinking about it from relationships in the workplace, whether it's peer-to-peer, manager to direct report or manager to their own manager. And I'm thinking of all of the micro moments that happen mm-hmm. that can put more into the bucket of trust. Mm-hmm. And all the micro moments that happen that could put more into the buckets of d- dismantling trust, which like yeah. leads to to the rupture. Um, and so what are some of the ways you're thinking of actions that we take sometimes intentionally and sometimes a lot of times not? Um that really dismantle that trust that leads to the disconnection of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it makes me think for the small moments makes me think about um, forgetting things, forgetting components of deliverables that other people are relying on mm. um, or, or doing them in a sloppy rushed way and not bringing my best, right? Like, especially if it's with a team that knows the quality that you're capable of, um, that can really actually be even more damaging, Mm -hmm. I think, when you know what someone is capable of and then you see that they're just sort of dialing it in. Um, uh, Makes me think about the not following through um, or uh, making promises that aren't then kept. which sometimes then leads to managers not saying things firmly at all about someone's career advances or changes in salary or benefits or things that could happen for them that are enticing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like sort of wishy-washy, like hard to nail down piece erodes trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we have like the bigger moments of um, losing one's temper, um, expelling stress onto the team, um, activating, you know, like just kind of creating an environment of fear, um, those types of stuff. Yeah. No, I, I wanted to just kind of flush out more when you were saying losing one's temper, um, because I think that can mean different things to different people. And Mm so, like literally yelling at work oh yeah at work and I remember <laughs> I remember earlier in my career and even now I'm still like what people do that um because like to me it's just so unacceptable 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that is some, that is, that is how some people interact at work, um, which can lead to a lot of uh, disconnection and, and rupture uh, kind of in the big moments. And I think the, 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 the micro, well, they may, I don't know if they're micro or, or big, <laughs> um, but when you're talking about not being transparent about perhaps things that could impact somebody's career, whether it's pay or benefits or, right? Um, but also, I think you were saying this earlier, kind of dangling promotions for people, mm-hmm. like saying, mm-hmm. well, if you do this, you know, you could be up for promotion and then for people to constantly hear that without getting promoted, right? So yep. lip service, right? Being hurt, being told one thing, but they, there's a disconnect. There's no, there's no action to it. Right. Having the bar moved. Yes. And, then, and, and. Sometimes managers are in a position where the bar got moved and it wasn't their choice. Right. Right. And so there's um, an opportunity for transparency there. And I think because that can be a tricky conversation, sometimes folks will um, just sort of shrug it off and say, well, maybe next cycle. And they just leave it at that, as opposed to being able to articulate, like, listen, I thought we were on the same page and the bar got moved for all of us. And so I want to help you. Like, I'm not giving up. Like it, this isn't personal to you, even though obviously it is so personal to you, <laughs> right? Both things are true. Um, and, and here's some of the things I want to work with you around to help set you up to the, be in the best position for promotion next time. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to share the frustration that maybe you you share with them, but not, <laughs> this is where sometimes that, you know, we talk about relationships, we, you know, are in every aspect of our life. Like there, I have seen in workplaces where people, will, a manager will kind of come at it from the same place of like, well, this was harder for me. <laughs> you know, like, I get that this is hard for you, but you don't understand how hard this is for me. I have to have this conversation now with five people, you know, like, <laughs> stop, (laughs) put that on the do not do list. Um, because it doesn't, it doesn't help the situation at all. And if anything, now you're delivering difficult news and also, I don't want to talk to you anymore. (laughs) You know, know, I actually want to, I want to interject here because it reminds me of what we were talking about in the second episode about kind of when conflict happens and to your point, when managers say and feel, and I feel this, this is so hard for me. <laughs> and so I, I just want to kind of pause because I think that's really valid, not to say that it's harder, but to say it is so hard for you and to have to have hard conversations with multiple people. Like that is really, really true. And that needs attention, that angst, that Yes. Fear, that sadness, that disappointment, whatever, like that needs attention. Being in leadership means being thoughtful of where you put that to get the appropriate attention. So that gets attention from your peers. That gets attention from your supervisor, Mm -hmm. not the people who report to you, right? That's when it's inappropriate. And to your point, Elizabeth, that can cause a significant rupture from your direct reports because why would they 
if you're making a problem that is impacting the direct report, if you're minimizing it, why would they continue mm. to trust you? Right. Or come to you? Right. You're not offering me empathy. Yes. You're not, you're not yes. trying to understand how the situation is for me. There's yes. a lot of that though, where people bleed into the like time and place, right? Like yes. to your point, <clears throat> being thoughtful about who who it is that I reach out to for those things makes me think of the ring theory, right? Of like the person in the center, we don't dump in, we have mm. to dump out, mm -hmm. right? Find mm -hmm. somebody that is slightly less impacted by this piece and go talk to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want to go back to something you were saying earlier about how sometimes, often actually for management, when you're in management, things outside of your control, sometimes mm -hmm. outside of the company's control, and then sometimes within the company's control, but outside of your control, right? Mm -hmm. You have to pass on and, and sometimes people get stuck and scared and don't say anything. So they're less transparent and then it can become bigger. Um, and as you were talking, I was actually thinking about the pandemic. I was thinking about the start of the pandemic and how that was, that was out of, <laughs> out of people's control and it did impact everybody though it impacted people very differently um and so i think what kind of came to mind is how do we as managers um and even people use the opportunity that's presented to us um for connection and good rather than rupture and repair. So do you mean like when there's a really difficult situation or a conflict that could cause disconnection, how do we see that as an opportunity for um, working through it together? Yeah, yes. Yes, I think that is exactly what I'm saying. Like, so, you know, rupture, when we, so I keep saying rupture, like when we're losing trust, when there's disconnection, when mm -hmm. we're not feeling like we are aligned anymore, mm -hmm. that happens in workplace relationships and it happens in, in personal relationships. And so by the time somebody is speaking on this, it's been building. Mm -hmm. It's not just um, this one moment of you responding to my email late that I'm upset by. Yeah. It's been a pattern before I get to the, for most people, before I get to the point of, of actually saying something. And so I think, you know, I'm thinking of my own personal, um, I'm thinking of myself and I'm thinking of, um, you know, relationships I've had and have and how they've shifted, I think, mm -hmm. over time. And so in kind of preparation for, for us, our conversation today, I was thinking, well, how have they shifted? Why have they shifted? And I, and I realized like, you know, one, one pattern, we all have patterns, but one pattern that I see in my relationships is, how I show up in my relationships. 
and what has needed to shift. So like kind of by nature, I, I'm a, I like being generous. That feels really good to me. Um, and I've been generous without, when I say without regard, perhaps without the best boundaries of like, does that work? Does that work for me? I'm, I'm not necessarily thoughtful with my generosity. And so, you know, in the past couple of years, I've been more thoughtful of like, oh, who do I want to be generous with? Is this a, is this relationship reciprocal where I feel like my generosity is uh, valued and appreciated? And I'm also feeling like I'm receiving that in return. And so as I kind of look at those relationships and start communicating differently of saying like, oh, this is actually what I need, <laughs> you know, not just I want to give, 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 but this is what I need. The shift I've noticed in me being more communicative was some relationships fell away, right? Because mm -hmm. it, it wasn't, it was no longer working. Mm -hmm. And then some relationships got significantly deeper and more fruitful and, and rich. And so I think what I'm kind of bringing into like, what I'm trying to bring into to the conversation is when there's conflict and there's rupture and there's disconnect, usually in the moment, it doesn't feel great, but I think there is a, a tremendous opportunity to build deeper work relationships and transform what wasn't working. And there's also the opportunity for the relationship to end because it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I feel like what I'm hearing is partly this um, awareness that like we can sometimes prevent rupture based on our, our actions and the way that we relate to each other. And that when there is rupture, there's um, that can impact whether or not we bring our our whole selves. Mm. And so there's a we're in a place of choice in those moments of am I going to be transparent? Am I going to be vulnerable and share how this has impacted me, what my expectations had been? Um, what I am hoping for moving forward, how are we going to address this? Um, or am I going to slowly guard up more mm -hmm. and start looking for another job, mm -hmm. start looking for another team to work on? Am I going to slowly write my manager off or my team off and just retreat you know, I didn't, I didn't realize what you're saying. That's not what I was thinking. And I think it's so, no, I think that's so, I think that's so on point of how to proactively avoid ruptures, not avoid conflicts. That's human. We're going to have conflicts but how to avoid the buildup that I was talking about, right? Mm -hmm. um, by being honest with yourself about what your expectations are, what your needs are, what your desires are, mm -hmm. and then proactively communicating that, right? And it takes so much courage. 
right? <laughs> Which is the funny, so here's the thing for people who uh, might not be familiar with me and Elizabeth. So we're both therapists by, by training. And so I just want to put that in because this is hard. This is hard for us. And this is what we went to school for. This is what we help other people do to be vulnerable and share oh, their feelings. And <laughs> Elizabeth and I often have colorful texts going back and forth with each other about feelings. <laughs> it is hard mm-hmm. to be that transparent. Um, and really, I think the risk of if I tell you my expectation to to risk that you will, even if you don't meet it, but that you will honor it, that you won't judge it. Yes. Right. That you might say, Tanya, I hear that you want me to respond to your emails within an hour. I understand how important that is to you. I'm not going to be able to do that, but I can do it within 48 hours, within the day. Mm -hmm. Those micro moments as opposed to Tanya, I know you want me to respond within an hour and there's no way I'm doing it. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. I can't even believe you asked me to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's, that's the impossible. Vulnerability. That's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Of like, am I going to be shot down? Especially right. the bigger, the emotional risk in saying what we need and want. Right. And this is where like who we are as humans, like bleeds right on into the workplace because if in other areas of your life you regularly have that experience of every time I ask for what I want or say what I need, people tell me why I don't deserve it or people tell me why I'm asking for too much. Why is that not going to show up at work? Of course it's going to show up at work. But because people are trying to be more professional, it might show up in less language, in more awkward communication so that you're not even understanding what you're receiving from me right Mm -hmm. like and then or or there's more folks that are just stuffing it down and Mm -hmm. then falling apart after work Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and feeling really burnt out and you know and starting to look for a new job yeah (laughs) and the the just basic economics of people leaving organizations and you having to hire and onboard somebody else. Like it's not ideal. It is Mm -hmm. not ideal. You want to keep, you want to keep great talent. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's so many retention programs. I think that organizations have, and I think these micro moments with direct managers, I think tends to really influence people's decisions to stay or not. Yeah. And when you were saying about, um, you know, just the vulnerability of sharing a want or a need or an expectation and how is it going to be held um, or respected, the image that popped into my mind was like when a pet turns over and shows you their belly. Mm. Like, what kind of management style do you have? Do you take a minute and rub that belly or do you like push them out of the way? Right. Like. I mean, that might sound really extreme in both ways, but like, that is how folks show up. Are they quick to dismiss? I have too much on my plate. I can't, I don't have time to hear your fantasies about how this workplace could be. Like it is what it is. We got to work with what we got, right? Like, am I, am I doing that? Or, 
or can I breathe and give you 30 seconds of my time and acknowledge like, you know what, that's, I wish we could do that. Like, I don't know if I have the brain capacity to like go down that road with you right now, but I, poof, I would love that. Mm-hmm. And maybe then I'm putting the opportunity back to you of like, love to see a proposal. Yes. If you could actually like monetize this or actualize this or put it in a way that it doesn't have a negative impact on the flow of business, I would love to see a proposal. And then when I see the proposal, let me talk to you about how, like what needs to be even better, what is really strong here, because I'm giving you this feedback because the next step is then together, we're going to take that to my manager Mm -hmm. and I'm going to share your idea or I'm going to, excuse me, not, I won't share it. I'm going to open the door for you to share your idea, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Um, And like, here we are talking about progression (laughs) because you've, you've taken the 30 seconds that Elizabeth just talked about without putting more on your plate when you know you don't have the capacity, right? So that's that honesty, that's Mm -hmm. that transparency and simultaneously giving an opportunity to a direct report who's excited about something. Mm -hmm. And so it's how it all works together. You know, that's a really great point, Tanya, of like where rupture happens is crushing people's excitement or joy that they're bringing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like on Monday mornings, are you showing up bubbly and ready for the day and I'm grumpy and don't talk to me yet, right? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like there's thinking about ways that um, in management, how we have impact on folks and how those things can cause rupture Mm. of Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm never going to grow. Like, you know, your team might start to think like, I'm never going to grow on this team because they never want to hear my ideas unless it's about the deliverables that we have to do. And I'm bored with that. And I'm thinking bigger things. And you know, as a manager, I'm missing out on an opportunity of a rising star who quite honestly could become my manager in several years. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's one of the things I think that can be so helpful and applied in any industry um, is something that was um, impressed upon us in in my grad school program was be mindful of your behavior out in the world because anybody can be a client at any time. A client or a boss. Well, exactly. In this case, <laughs> right? Like anybody could become your boss at any time, you know, yes. at the weight, at the rate that things move. Yes. Um, and so, you know, just think being mindful of those ruptures that can happen just because I'm not willing to step into your excitement with you momentarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and if And if that's the case, why? Why am I so like, dedicated and anchored in like, why am I being rigid in, in the negative? Mm. Mm. I'm, when you said rigid, I was thinking I, I was in conversation with uh, Dr. Natalie Nixon about kind of rigor and wonder and her difference between rigor versus rigidity. And like mm. rigidity is really keeping 
things exactly the same, which means there's no growth, there's no innovation, um, there's no creativity, um, but rigor, kind of the discipline. And the discipline that's needed in the workplace as a manager, I'm thinking the discipline to show up ready to receive. Mm -hmm. And so all of the pre-work that we have to do to be able to enter a room or a Zoom call <laughs> with energy that is ready for the moment, right? Mm -hmm. And so that 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 that's work that you're not getting paid for, I want to say, <laughs> and also work that is necessary to do your job well. So mm -hmm. whether that, and that's sim simple to big things, like making sure that you have a full belly if that's what you need to start the day, making sure you have something to drink if that's what you need, like whatever your physical needs are that they're tended to, right? Mm -hmm. And if you've had a hard day or night, personally, whatever emotional needs that you might need, and it it doesn't mean you're going to solve all your personal problems before you start your work day, but do you need to journal about them? Do you need to talk about them? Do you need to listen to music so that you can intentionally compartmentalize them and come back to them at the end of your work day mm -hmm. um, are all things. I think that I'm going back to your, your thought, com your comment, Elizabeth, about preventing ruptures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I'm listening to you list those things off, like there's a level of maturity that's required to do those things, even when we don't feel like it or when we're thinking, well, why do I have to? I didn't create this problem. Like, I want to have to journal or go for a walk. It's not, I didn't do this, right? Like, but <laughs> like, that's the thing is like, okay, so maybe you didn't create this situation or this rupture but now you're in it and so what you gonna do like are we gonna do the thing that like helps us to stay grounded and calm and centered and able to make really sound decisions or are we going to let our inner teenager make the decisions for us and rebel against it and have a bigger issue on our hands at the end of the day or tomorrow you know, that reminds me of a, a time where, um, this is back when we were in the office, <clears throat> um, when, so, you know, we were interacting in the office and, you know, months after the situation happened, I found out that somebody on my team was really upset with me because they thought I didn't speak to them, like that I hadn't said hello or something. Um, and it shocked me because like, that I, that's not like a behavior I would do. Like, I don't not say hi to people. <laughs> so it really surprised me to, to hear their experience. Um, and it just shocked me. And I want to say, like, I have my own reaction. Like, I don't not say hi to people, you know, I like, I, I say hi to people on the street and I certainly would do it in like the people I work with. And so I had all my own, all my own reactions I heard about it, not the next day, but like months later, obviously they were really upset if they were caring, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I had my own reactions that I did not share, <laughs> that I also, after having my own reactions, had to take a step back and, and say, you know, whether or not I believe 
I took that action, that is how they experienced me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so I have to attempt to that. I have mm-hmm. to address that. You know, I have to say like, I'm so sorry. Like I, I, I didn't, that's not something that I would normally do. Um, maybe I was rushing and I didn't hear you speak to me. I, I don't know, but I'm so, so sorry because that's not how I want to treat you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you felt about me. I could get stuck in like, why do I have to apologize for something I didn't do? Something happened. Somebody was really upset. It's mm-hmm. my responsibility to address it. And tending to someone in that way shows care. It's not a heavy lift for you. And it has a huge impact. Yeah. Because people come into the workplace with all kinds of previous experiences. They have that entire huge iceberg under the surface. Mm -hmm. And that's going to impact how they receive different pieces of information, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I think most people have had at least one experience of being in what might be considered a toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time to heal coming out of that and to trust that you are actually in a safer space and to figure out what the quirks are of your new location, yeah. you know, and your new teammates, because there's always going to be something because people are people. Yes. Yes. And, and I think to your point, for us as people managers, the responsibility to create that sense of safety, mm-hmm. right? Which means that when there is an issue that we speak on it, that we address it, we bring, we talk about it with concern. Um, and I think the last piece I'm thinking of is the accountability. Yes. So circling back to that person to see if there's anything else that they need to see if they've noticed a change in behavior to put things in place, especially when you're the one in power, um, to put checks and balances in for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that if you're working on changing a behavior to make it better for your team, you've got somebody like a coach, a peer that you're meeting with on a regular basis Mm -hmm. to hold you accountable for the changes you need to make. Mm -hmm. 100%. Because words are just words if we don't back them up with behavior. Yes. I feel like that's one of the biggest pain points we hear from individual contributors. Yes. Even the ones who are like, uh, you know, my manager cares about me. They listen to me. But when I bring problems, nothing actually ever changes. Right. And so that's where like there's the transparency and communication about what can happen, what can't happen. And then accountability and taking action. Yeah. Yeah. This has been another great conversation. (laughs) I'm excited to kind of continue for our final um, episode in the series, which is really going to be, so how do we talk about maintaining and growing relationships for the long haul? Uh, And so we're thinking about and talking about the workplace, but it's true for other relationships too, Mm -hmm. right? Ideally, you have team members that are with the organization for many, many years. And it doesn't mean they're in the same role per se, um, but we'll talk more about that next time. 
Any lasting thoughts that you have, Elizabeth, before we wrap no, up? No, just thank you so much for the opportunity for this conversation. I'm glad we're doing it together. And if people who are listening or watching have any questions um, or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Um, it really kind of helps us to hear from you about what is resonating with you, what you want more of. Uh, so we're looking forward to getting your input and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Managing Well. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to learn more about today's episode, go to thelodipogroup.com slash podcast for a worksheet on today's episode. A special thanks to my podcast team and the Ladipo Group who supports this show. Managing Well is produced and edited by Black Faves Brand Studio. I'm your host, Tanya Ladipo. If you have any questions or topics you want to discuss, email me at managingwellpodcast at thelodipogroup.com. Thank you.